Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today we've got a great malicious compliance story involving some hot wings. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, don't tell me that I have time. Some 15 years ago, I worked in a local shipyard that focuses in repair work and refitting of all ship types. The yard resides in Europe. Now, it's important to note that we have a 200 plus meter dry dock and roughly the same in pier for outfitting. At that particular time, we had two medium passenger ferries docked and they were moored on both sides of the dry dock stam, leaving 50 meters between them, mostly water. I had a newish boss on the job after my old boss had retired. The new boss was very stuck up and entitled, so we shall call him Entitled Boss or Ed. Other people that come up in this story is me, my coworker, let's call him Matt, not his real name, and the first officer of the other ship, let's call him F.O. It is normal for our yard to be understaffed by a lot by half in the least. So a normal workday was between 12 to 16 hours, 6 to 7 days a week. We were well paid for all overtime, so we didn't mind. We were really busy on these ships and they were moored aft to aft, so we were able to lift all materials on their aft ramps with a crane. I worked with Crane as the guy who arranges the lifts and communicates with the operator at the pier. Matt did the same ship side. We worked well together and had done that together a lot. I was in my late 20s, Matt was in his 50s. This one morning, Ed comes to us to let us know of a new job. Ed says, I have a small extra job for you to do since you're not that busy. I said, um, there are about 20 lifts on the pier and more always come during the day, I noted to him. Matt was quite silent. He never really talked much anyway. Ed says, I have a dredge coming in two hours. You will lift the bucket and the bucket arm off the dredge. A quick job, just lift the three things off. You should be done in 30 minutes. I said, just 30 minutes? He says, yes, they're detached already. I say, okay, boss. Matt looked doubtful. We started working, lifting all we could in two hours. Then we saw the dredge. This thing was big. The bucket was 60 tons alone, and the two sections of the arm were 60 tons and 80 tons. Oh, and the heavier bit was still attached. At this point, I groaned, but Matt grinned from ear to ear and told me, Boss's orders, boss's responsibility. Then I grinned. Cue malicious compliance. We got to work. We set the crane in position and away it was closest to the dredge due to weight. This also meant it blocked any other cranes from lifting to either ferries anything. We got the bucket unloaded on a trailer. This took an hour. Then we lifted the other half of the arm. This took an hour to attach to the crane. Oops, lunchtime, union rules. Then one more hour to unload it. Now the last arm bit was tricky. We had to suspend it from the crane and remove the pins that held it to the digger half of the dredge. The pins are relatively small, only 200 kilograms or 440 pounds each, and held in place by a few tons of pull or weight of the arm. It took us four hours to free the pins. So any of who are keeping track at this point, 
we were seven and a half hours into a half hour job. At this point, some crew from both ships and a lot of people from the shipyard were watching us work. This was due to the fact that nothing had been lifted to either ship in the past seven to eight hours, and the guys had had to stop working. This is when I met a very excited and red first officer of the ship. They said, what the heck are you doing? Why are we not getting materials in? I said, you need to talk to him, his orders, as I pointed to Ed on the dock. Not quite sure what was said, but the first officer probably tore him a new one and proceeded to stomp back on board his ship. I saw him exchange a few words with the captain of the ship, and the captain was dialing his phone. It took about five minutes for our CEO to get to the pier and proceed to chew my boss's rear. I'm pretty sure he was sitting funny after that. We finished our job right around eight hours and proceeded to lift our backed up lift queue on board the ships. For some weird reason, he never told me how to do my job or had any quick jobs after that. As I had heard, he was let go a few years later. Just to be clear. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops if we're stopping to get gas. You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Here, these lifts were difficult due to having to adjust the lifting cable lengths and parts being so heavy. Also, the attachment point was fairly high up, and the cable we used to lift them weighed around 10 tons, so... We never stalled on the job, not our style, but we were very thorough in our work that day. Also, we broke a winch pulling the other pin, and had gotten a new one. This took some time in explaining. I mean, you could argue in a position like that where they found out that the job is not exactly as they were described, they could have gone and complained or pointed it out. But I guess the more funnier option is to burn 7-8 to eight hours of hard work working with this extremely heavy equipment. Honestly, just kudos to them for doing that job in general. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, she wants a decorated house? She's going to get a decorated house. Merry late Christmas! My friends Adam and Belle have a story about one of their neighbors and how he managed to stuff a 5-pound bag of coal in a Karen stocking this Christmas by using malicious compliance. This particular neighbor, Tim, and his wife, Frances, would go overboard on the outdoor decorations every Christmas. There'd be lights, garlands, wrought iron, reindeer statues, snowflakes, candy canes, a six-foot-tall Santa statue, a nativity set, etc., etc. It was its own brand of charm, according to the neighbors. Unfortunately, earlier this year, Francis suffered a massive stroke and passed away. Tim was devastated, especially as Christmas came closer and closer. Francis's favorite holiday was Christmas. Tim told the neighbors around Thanksgiving that he wasn't going to decorate the house that year. It was just too painful without Francis there. Everyone was sad, but they understood. Unfortunately, Karen didn't get this memo. 
It's the week or so after Thanksgiving, and the people who haven't put up Christmas decorations are busy doing so. Adam and Belle were walking their dog Domingo. Tim is out front of his house getting the mail. Adam and Belle go up with Domingo to seek Tim and say hello. While they're talking, a red minivan pulls into Tim's driveway. Karen steps out. Belle and Adam have never seen her before, but Tim recognizes her. Good morning, Karen. Yeah, hi, uh, I was wondering if you were going to put up your Christmas decorations this year? Adam, Belle, and Tim look at each other, uncomfortable. I'm not going to put up any decorations this year, Tim said. And why not? Karen asked. Christmas reminds me of Frances. She said, well, what about my kids? They've been looking forward to seeing the house decorated, and the fact that you're pretty much the only house that isn't decorated makes them really sad. What would Francis want? Belle, Adam, and Tim just stared in astonishment. We've had a pandemic and we need the cheering. They've been looking forward to this every year. Tim is looking both angry and brokenhearted. Adam and Belle are ready to tell Karen to go stuff it, but Karen sets the trap for Tim's malicious compliance. We're going to be here after church on Christmas Eve and this house better be decorated. And with that, Karen gets back into her minivan and drives off. Belle looks at Tim and he's got a malicious smile on his face. She wants a decorated house? She's going to get a decorated house. The weeks pass and Tim starts getting several packages delivered. He also starts putting things up in the yard, but they're covered with bed sheets, so they look like those Halloween ghosts. He also starts putting lights on the house. There's more lights than usual, but he doesn't turn them on at night. Karen and her minivan don't show up, even though Adam and Belle had alerted everyone in the neighborhood about her. Christmas Eve rolls around, Adam and Belle are invited to Tim's house for dinner and to watch the movie Scrooged. They're also asked to BYOB. When they arrive, the curtains are drawn. Tim greets them with a big smile. They settle down and he details his plan, asking for their help. They're laughing at the end of it and eagerly agree. As they work, Bill notes that he's happier than they've seen him in a while. Tim says, it's hopefully going to get even better. By this point, it's still just light enough that they can see what they're doing, but just dark enough that you can't see what's in the yard. They remove the bed sheets and laugh at all the decorations that have been set up. There's a nice dinner and watch the movie. Midway through the movie, Tim's alarm goes off on his cell phone. He pauses the movie, looks at Adam and Belle and says, it's showtime. Everyone bundles up and they head to the... Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Sidewalk across the street. It's now pitch black and Tim's house still isn't lit up. There's the usual cars driving through the neighborhood, with Karen's red minivan being at the end of the line. Right on time, Tim says, taking a remote out of his coat pocket. They wait until the red minivan reaches the front. Tim presses the button. 
According to Bell, it was like the scene from Christmas Vacation when the Griswold's house turns on. There's red, white, and blue lights galore. The yard has eagle statues, stars, flags, banners, statues of liberty, etc. In the windows are lights that look like exploding fireworks. Tim grins and presses another button. All of a sudden, star-spangled banner begins to belt out through several speakers placed throughout the yard. As Adam, Bell, and Tim are laughing as the minivan stops and parks, Karen gets out of the driver's seat and storms over to them. What is that? She shrieks, pointing to the house and looking about ready to blow a gasket. It's my salute to all nations, but mostly America, Tim said. Don't you like it? It's Christmas, Karen shouts. I wanted you to decorate the house for Christmas. You wanted a decorated house, Karen. You didn't say what holiday. With that, Karen flipped them off, got back in the minivan and drove off. Tim turned off the music and lights, and they head back to Tim's house to finish Scrooged. Tim told Adam and Belle as they were leaving for the night, I think I'm going to decorate my house like this every Christmas. Francis would have gotten a kick out of it. Frances sounds like she had a nice sense of humor. Not gonna lie though, if I was one of those kids in that red minivan and all of a sudden I see this house going from nothing to poof, ultimate patriotism, I think that would still be awesome to see as a kid. You know, the eagle statues and the red, white, and blue lights. I mean, I get it's Christmas and all, but as a kid, just bright lights and eagles and things, that still would have been really cool to see. Plus, hey, you see Christmas decorations all over the place. How often do you see somebody go all out for this, what should essentially be 4th of July light show? Our next story is Hot Shot and the Hot Wings from Heck. This story comes from my friends Adam and Bell and involves Adam's nephew who lived in the Southwest US at the time. He earned the nickname Hot Shot as a result of this. Nephew Hotshot was a braggart. He always had the loudest motorcycles, the hottest girls, and the highest scores at arcade games. According to Bell and Adam, he was a good kid, but he could have used a lesson in humility. Adam and Bell are visiting Hotshot and his family, and they decide to go out to dinner one night. Adam was looking up restaurants in the area and found a local place that advertised the Hot Wings from Heck. At this restaurant, there's a challenge where if you can finish one pound, about 10 pieces, of the hot wings from heck, you get a picture and name on the wall of fame. A t-shirt that says, I ate the hot wings from heck and survived, and your meal comped. As you can probably guess, Adam's recommendation they go there was an invitation for Hotshot to say, oh yeah, those wings are nothing. I can eat the hot wings without breaking a sweat. Adam, figuring this was the opportunity to teach Hotshot a lesson, said, Oh yeah? 50 bucks says you can't. You're on, Hotshot said, and they shook on it. They get settled in the restaurant, and the waitress comes to take their order. Chest puffed out with pride, Hotshot said, I'm here for the Hot Wings Challenge. The waitress just rolled her eyes and said, Okay, Hot Wings for Mr. Hotshot. She wrote it on her pad. Just so you know, that comes with all the free milk you want. It's here that Hotshot sealed his fate. I'll have a Bud Light on tap instead, if you don't mind. May the Lord have mercy on your soul, the waitress said before shouting to the kitchen. Jerk at table nine wants the hot wings from heck with a Bud Light. No free milk. Their dinner comes out, complete with disposable gloves to prevent capsaicin burns, and a waiver. At this point, word is spread that some poor soul is about to complete the hot wings from heck challenge, and a crowd gathers. The manager on duty is there to make sure Hotshot actually finishes the wings on his own. 
After saying, you better have the camera ready and I wear a large, Hotshot signs the waiver, dons the gloves, and takes his first few bites. See, this is nothing, he said, finishing one wing. Second wing comes along, no problem. An important thing about capsaicin is that it sometimes takes a little bit to kick in. Something Hotshot learned on his third wing. He's sweating up a storm, tears are rolling down his face, and he looks like a tomato had smashed into his face. Bell and Adam and the rest of the family are laughing so hard that tears are rolling down their cheeks. The other patrons are chanting, eat, 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 but poor Hotshot can't even continue. While all this is going on, the waitress has been preparing a tray with a pitcher and a shot glass. When she notices Hotshot struggling, she comes over with the tray and asks, ever so kindly, would you like some milk, sweetie? Hotshot, either too much in pain or too embarrassed, nodded. Because you didn't want the free milk, it's $5 a shot. He downed two whole pitchers of milk, with the waitress counting how many shots he downed. At the end of it all, Hotshot was out $300. This included the basket of wings, the shots of milk, and what he owed Adam. Adam said it had to be the most expensive lesson in Hotshot's life. He wasn't in such a braggy mood after that. If they offer you unlimited free milk, you take it and you order a Bud Light on the side. Needless to say, milk is a good thing for spicy things because there's something in milk that kind of like breaks down the capsaicin. The problem with a Bud Light is that just swishes the capsaicin around and settles it right back on your tongue, so you're only just going to get a flare-up. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.